Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Exurgat Deus dissipentur inimici eius et fugiancio derenteum a facie eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Did you happen to notice that people who have come unmoored from the church seem to believe? <clears throat> I don't, like I really can't believe it, honestly. People have become unmoored from the church. They seem to believe that human nature is somehow inherently good. Like, like we're fighting this battle <laughs> from a place of virtue, from a place of kindness, from a place of humanity. It's laughable. Absolutely laughable. The devil has done <clears throat> a rather impressive job. He's completely deleted our, like, in the last 70 years, where we would have absolutely been committed to the idea that any goodness came from Christ. Even the Protestants, for the most part, would have actually carried this forward. For some reason, I don't get it. <coughs> The devil managed to be able to convince us that deep down inside, we're just all inherently good. Preposterous. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangeli, defendenos proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraistidium. Imperatili Deus, supplicas de precamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satra maliosque spiritus malignos, quer perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divine virtute, in infernum letrude. Amen. <clears throat> Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Speculum justitiae, ora pro nobis. Beatis Carolus et Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facium tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine 
Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <coughs> mm, nearly had a Biden moment. Uh, okay, so... I had a video on autoplay, and I'm working on some stuff, doing stuff. You know, the usual. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, a video comes up from one of the channels that I actually do uh, pay attention to, one of the ones I actually follow, and went to a book, Crisis Cull Coup. Um, and it was a, and it was a discussion with Dave Cullen at Computing Forever, <clears throat> and this author who wrote that book. And this is, you're talking about two Irishmen, okay? From a Catholic perspective, this should have, this absolutely should have been the most Catholic discussion I've ever heard in my life. And yet, for some reason, it wasn't. I'm listening to these two people talk. They're having a very good discussion, a solid discussion on the state of the world and how sociopaths and psychopaths manage to make their way up into the upper echelons of bureaucracy. And it, like if there's a hierarchy, then over time, sociopaths and psych psychopaths end up making their way and bubbling up to the surface. If <clears throat> And many of these people have found ways to make sure that they can get rich. And I'm listening... I'm like, okay, yeah, everything's, yeah, most of that's, you know, basically true. And then he starts talking about how there's, <clears throat> there's an innate kindness. You know, you have the so, you have the sociopath, you have the psychopath, and then you have the empath. As though that were somehow a thing. It's not there are people who retain their sensitivity to the way other people feel retain their sensitivity but this is not a natural thing <clears throat> this is not something that's easy to maintain I see it Day to day, the vast majority of people that I that I see day to day, they haven't the slightest idea. They think themselves generally good. They think themselves decent people. And some of them are really not evil. <clears throat> and some of them absolutely are. They absolutely are. And they have no idea. They're not the ones you want to spend a lot of time trying to talk about religious things because they've pretty much rejected religion. <clears throat> I had this odd dream. And I think it's because, you know, eventually the government's going to send an assassination team and, and take this podcast out. Maybe sometime way, 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 way in the future. Because I don't think there's another reason to have a Hillary Clinton dream. Unless at some point you're going to get assassinated. And it may be, like, I'm not, 
you know, I say it kind of tongue-in-cheek, tongue in but, you know, such a thing might be, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years into the future. Who knows? We're not guaranteed tomorrow, so I might race, I might actually make it to my own death before I can be killed. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. The issue, <clears throat> as I can see it, is with religion. It's become this loaded word that's weighed down with everything that religion doesn't mean. It's up there with faith. A word that's loaded down with everything that faith doesn't mean. There's a lot, like, there's, you know, there's a lot of words that are kind of loaded down with meaning. And then there's a lot of words that are loaded words that actually have no meaning anymore. You know, like, <clears throat> on the one hand, loaded down with meanings that they don't have would be, at top of the scale, religion and faith. And then you kind of work your way down, you get to words like culture or whatever. Um, and then on the other side of that, you have words like white supremacy or racism or bigotry, or homophobe, or etc. I mean, you can kind of, like all of the epithets, you know, neo-Nazi. Epithets that the left uses, those are words that are loaded words that used to mean something, don't really mean anything anymore. And then there are words that are loaded down with meaning that nobody understands, that nobody, nobody understands that the word religion <clears throat> is a really, really long word for obligation or duty to God. You look at a word like faith, and people don't really comprehend the fact that the word faith, for all of its extra extra plus meaning, is an act of, an in, of the intellect and the will. To have faith is to know the truth. Knowing the truth is an act of the intellect. Conforming yourself to the truth is an act of will. And so to have faith is to know and conform yourself to the truth. To believe, you might say. But <clears throat> to know and to conform yourself to the truth would be by far the most accurate because belief is the other word that's loaded down with a bunch of bullcrap that it doesn't mean. <clears throat> you find Catholics picking their words very, very carefully, always using words that we have had historical meaning to. Things that you can point to where you're like, oh no, it's not that crap that these people think about it today. So the problem isn't technically religion. The word religion is just loaded down with all of the crap that is the problem. <clears throat> they say, oh, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. Cool, then you're a child of the devil. <clears throat> because if you're a religious person, then you're a person of faith, 
which means you know the truth, you conform yourself to the truth, and then you perform your duty according to what you know. Or you try to anyway. <clears throat> Obviously, the vast majority of us fail miserably. But if I were going to trace the word, what does it mean to be religious? I can define the word religion and I don't even need the word faith. And it comes like this. To know that there is an ultimate truth. To know, broad strokes, what that ultimate truth is. More accurately from a Catholic perspective, to know that there is an ultimate truth, to know who that ultimate truth is, to conform yourself to his will, and to behave accordingly. That is what a religious person does. They know that there is an ultimate truth. They know who he is. They follow his will and conform themselves to his will. And <clears throat> they fulfill their obligations accordingly. All of that without using the word faith or belief. Because if you're going to use the word faith and you're going to use the word belief... Faith is shorthand for knowing and conforming yourself, knowing what the truth is and conforming yourself to his will. <clears throat> Faith is the shorthand word for knowing the truth and conforming yourself to his will. That's what the shorthand is. To be religious is to fulfill those obligations. To take your commitment to fill those obligations and conforming yourself to his will seriously. There you go. One, two, and three. <clears throat> Too easy. Everything that faith and religion means today is trash. And the devil did it. He did it by turning the words into filth. Because whenever somebody says they're spiritual and not religious... They want to say that they believe. They don't know who God is. They refuse to conform themselves. They refuse to actually learn who God is. They refuse to learn the truth in the first place. <clears throat> and this is a problem with Protestantism because they refuse to learn the truth in the first place. And then they made their religion so ugly. Protestantism is by far, I would, like, while Christianity is the most beautiful of things, Protestantism just uglifies the hell out of it. I mean, it just paints it with filth. And typically, that filth is money. It's that money of the prosperity gospel. Because it doesn't matter whether you're Baptist or Pentecostal or Methodist or Presbyterian or Wesleyan or Calvinist or Jehovah's Witness or Mormon. Every last one of those churches, churches, small c churches, every last one of those churches falls specifically to making money.
A worker is due his wage, but a worker should tell the truth. You become a pastor, you become responsible for the history of your people. And that means the whole history, not the history since you moved into, you know, Lebanon, Tennessee. Or since you built your auditorium that you call a church in Houston. The whole history. I mean, you think you could pick up a book? Let me put it this way. <clears throat> if I worked on airplanes the way Protestants read the Bible, I mean, I literally watched, I, I literally listened to somebody talk to, to somebody anchor their salvation to one verse in 73, excuse me, it's the Protestant Bible, so it's missing those extras, extras. <clears throat> it's the Protestant Bible, so one book out of 66, one verse in one book out of 66. Oh, if only I can make an airplane fly using only one verse from one chapter out of the 73. In Emmanuel, if only I could make the whole plane fly from that one verse from that one chapter. There's more than 73 chapters. There's actually 80 ATA chapters, but we skip a few numbers because in most manuals because those literally are just appendices and, and references to other stuff. Stuff not directly, you know, all the administrative crap. I don't need the administrative crap in a tech in a tech manual to make the airplane fly. What I need is I need everything from chapter 5 to chapter 80, depending on the aircraft. <clears throat> but an ATA chapter is subdivided. That's why I say the the chapters of the manual. An ATA chapter, we have an ATA chapter for the wings. And then you have the and then on the wings you have the structure, which has a chapter, you have the flight you have the flight control surfaces that have a chapter, you have this fuse the skin panels that have a chapter, you have like it's broken down to within. If only I could take one verse from one ATA chapter, which would be like the one verse from one book in the Bible. If only I could anchor my entire salvation on one verse from the gospel according to Matthew. Or from, or from 2 Maccabees. Anchor my whole salvation to that one verse. And don't get me wrong, everybody's got their favorite verse. But you can't even... You... It's not how that works. Most Catholics today honestly don't have that understanding. Most no Christian today has that understanding. None. I will tell you that it required schooling for me to learn how to read those books 
and we're talking about schooling, learning how to read aircraft manuals in English. I had to go to school to learn how to read manuals printed in English. I don't know if you noticed, but I've got a pretty good command of the English language, even though it's my second language. And then I had to work on the aircraft to physically touch the components, to put them into place, to see how they go together. Do you think salvation Would you be so foolish as to think that salvation would be as easy as picking a verse from a chapter? When flight isn't. When working on an airplane isn't when fixing a car isn't. Do you understand that the average person takes less time to learn how to save their soul, which is by far the most important thing that a human being can do, and you will take more time learning your specific profession, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or a carpenter or a mechanic or a seamstress, you will spend more time learning your profession on average as a human being than you learn about your salvation. And that somehow makes sense to most people on earth. So no wonder people think that human nature is basically good. We can't apply logic. The same logic that we would play. We can't apply logic, the same logic that we would apply to learn how to do a job. Do you understand that a person spends more time learning how to serve burgers at Burger King? Then they learn about their own salvation. And the people who teach this are the same morons who think they can pick and choose. You can pick and choose about your salvation the same way I can about your flight safety on an airplane. If the average Christian pastor today were to practice his trade the way a mechanic practices their trade, they would by far, by far be better people. If a mechanic, if every mechanic on earth was of the same intellectual quality as the average so-called Christian pastor, 
you wouldn't have to worry about climate change. It wouldn't even, they wouldn't even be a talking point because you couldn't drive your car. You wouldn't even be able to start your car in the morning if the average mechanic was as slack ass as the average Christian pastor implying their trade. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And I'm not angry at the average Christian. The average person can't even change their own oil. Most people don't even know where the car battery is in their car. Unless you own a Tesla, in which case it's pretty much all battery. Could you imagine if they built Teslas the way Christian pastors Oh, Lord in heaven, have mercy. We wouldn't be all that eager about electric cars. The designers of, I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. Everything that we do in the world is by far less important. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even a close competition with salvation, and yet there is nothing that we treat with less regard. And I'm slinging all of this at Protestants, and I bet there's at least a couple of Catholics out there who are going to hear this and go, well, I mean, we're Catholics, so yeah. Bruh. 
Bruh. Bruh. Let's talk about Catholics. The priest. The priest is supposed to be the one that illuminates your spiritual path. So, reads the readings and then teaches you about what they actually say. And yes, the readings are in English, or at least the second time around if you're a traditional Catholic. The priest is supposed to teach you what those words mean, what they meant when they were written. Because to be sure, when you write a tech manual for an aircraft, those words have to have meaning. And they need to be according to the way the manual was written when the aircraft was designed or when the change was made for a particular piece of maintenance. <laughs> How many of your priests talk about it and just sort of brush across? How many priests misuse? They'll they'll preach they'll they'll read, do the readings in the gospel. You know they'll do the readings of the you know the the Old Testament and, the, and then the Epistle and then the Gospel or whatever the Old Testament New Testament and Gospel. And then they'll just sort of glide over what the actual meaning of each one of those passages mean individually. And they kind of glide over the whole point of the story. And they just sort of, you know, give you this mealy mouth thing. How many of your priests are as good as they should be? Because the priest should be the instructor teaching you how to read the manual and teaching you how to apply it. Showing you what it is that you have to do. I would argue that the, that the priest should be at least as good as a teacher in a vocational school, in a tech school, that is teaching you specifically how to become ASE certified or test out for test out and achieve your Federal Aviation Administration airframe and power plant certificate so that you can show that you have the practical knowledge enough to start the trade, to begin working in that trade. And yet, how many? How many of those priests would you say are at least as good? How many of those priests can you say gave you enough technical expertise to apply the principles of salvation to your life? And then actually do an examination of conscience from where to where you're supposed to be as a Christian compared to where you are. Now, in the traditional Catholic world, it's better because it's closer to that. 
But I can tell you that if I were to practice my Catholic faith the way some of these priests teach, excuse me, if I were to practice aircraft maintenance the way some of these priests teach the Catholic faith, Dear family, you wouldn't want a single airplane to ever leave the ground that I ever came within 50 feet of. Now, the unfortunate state of the church today is, is today you are not going to be able to go to the vocational school in order to learn the faith adequate enough for your salvation. You will learn just enough to make the airplane explode on the runway, let alone try to get it down the runway or even up into the air. Today, you must teach yourself the ins and outs of aircraft maintenance of the soul. I know that sounds trite. As soon as I said it, it was like, oh, oh, how cheesy. Cringe. The bonus is, is that we have so many people who are dedicated to making sure that the homilies of old, that the writings and the teachings of all the saints who have gone before us are out there and they're available. Mike over at Restoring the Faith just did, a, just did an episode on the spirit of Antichrist from Edward Cardinal Manning from the 19th century. Steve, over, Steve Cunningham over at Census Fidelium has still been hard at work making sure that the Institute of Christ the King and that all the various other priests who contribute their, their, their uh, homilies... They have them there, and you have good homilies from good priests who can actually teach you how to apply how to apply your Catholic faith the same way you would apply the trade of motorcycle maintenance, of automotive maintenance, of home building, of aviation maintenance. It's not to say that they're not out there, but nowadays you have to look. Nowadays, you have to pay the dues of actually going out and finding it yourself. And the, and the thing that probably I lament the most is the fact that I can guarantee, I can guarantee that the average Christian is content with their one verse from one chapter in one book For those of you who are college educated and, and plying your trade in a white collar trade, could you do what you do with one verse from one, with one sentence from one book in the textbooks that you use to learn your job? Doesn't even matter what it is. I mean, it could be a garbage trade like human resources. And you would still need more than just, I mean, it, like, no joke, it's, okay, if you've ever been to one of those jobs that gives you a PowerPoint slideshow presentation for your, for your corporate indoc, 
And I know they're out there. I know there's plenty of them. The military uses them all the time. Imagine taking one sentence from one of those PowerPoint slides and then running your entire business from that one sentence. It could even be a really cool sentence like competence is my watchword. We bring simplicity to aviation. Just do it. Stake them bless. It could be one of those really good, catchy, like, hey, that's really, like, you know those 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 stupid inspirational posters? They got, like, vision. And then they got yada, 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 something under it. And then you just run your entire life from that one sentence right below the word vision. That is the equivalent of what most people do with their faith. You have a book that even on the Protestant side is 66 books. And you're going to take one chapter, one verse, one quote, and you're going to build your entire Catholic faith around it. And it's at least most of the time more creative than for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have life eternal or life everlasting, depending on your translation. You know, some people it's you know, be excellent at what is good and be innocent of evil. A paraphrase of Romans sixteen nineteen. For they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will rise up with wings like an eagle. They will run and not be weary. And they will walk and they will not faint. Which at least, you know, is... <laughs> It's a couple of clauses strung together. <laughs> so all of that crap, I say this far and no further. It doesn't matter that you anchor it in, say, Thessalonians or Colossians, or you anchor your salvation in one of the letters to the Corinthians. Because you're not going to save yourself with that one sentence. doesn't matter how good the sentence is. It could be, you know, Philippians 4.13. It could be a great sentence. It could be amazing. It could be, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou planted into the sea. <clears throat> it could be something awesome like that. And I will tell you, that's still trash. It is still trash. You want a system that's built on scripture, you will come back to the church. The one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. Because the whole system is built on scripture. Everything we do is based on scripture. Every action, every motion is based on scripture. There is a scriptural backing for the way the priest holds his fingers. 
There's a scriptural backing for confession. There's a scriptural backing for communion, for confirmation. There's scriptural backing for every single act in the church. All of them. Well, I mean, a little bit less with the Novus Ordo. I mean, there's no scriptural backing for making the sign of the cross with a guitar, with the holy guitar over the congregation. So, <clears throat> prior to 1960, all of the motions that you saw in church had scriptural backing, every single one of them. You don't believe me? Get off your duff and go look, because I'm not going to lay the whole thing out for you, because you must seek in order to find. You must ask and you must knock. And if you're not interested in seeking the truth and you're not interested in finding the truth and you're not interesting in ask, interested in asking for the truth or knocking at the door, we're not asking, oh Lord, we're not asking you to find the secret path into the secret tunnel under the crypts that bring you up behind the altar so that you can get into the church. We're just asking you to knock on the freaking door. Qual difficile est? We're not asking you for some, we're not asking you for some great exertion. Just show up. Show up and ask. Watch a movie. I mean, for crying out loud, you don't even have to go that far anymore. You can click a link on YouTube and find the truth of the Catholic faith. Oh, I don't know if I could get down with the Pope. Oh, well, cool. Get out. Get out because you're not serious. Because if one bad person can keep you. See, here's the difference. A bad pastor can destroy a church because your faith is in that pastor throughout the rest of Protestantism. If your pastor is a bad pastor and he's having sex with other men's wives, he has no business being a pastor and you know it. And that is enough to destroy a Protestant congregation because you're not anchored in anything more. And then you get lost. And you try to find someplace else, another faith community. But you're trying to find another faith community where faith doesn't mean that you need to act with your intellect and your will. You're trying to find another faith community that makes you feel good, makes you feel comfy and at home. And you forgot that Jesus Christ's concept of comfy and at home was with a crown of thorns pressed to his brow with nails struck through his hand after having had his body beaten bloody, nailed to a cross. And you somehow think you're better than him. And I'm going after a particular issue and today is my unique and special day of beating up on Protestants. All Protestants. All of the heretics, all of the apostates, everybody who walked away and they absolutely, they're just willing to find anything but Rome. Guess what? Today is your day where I am coming at you full bore. Because most of you, the ortho, our, our actual separated brethren, the Orthodox, we have our own issues we're going to have to work out. It's obviously bigger and deeper and 
we need better experts than what we have available today. People who are actually going to have to dive back into the history, peel it all apart and find out, is it really that big a deal? Did we act like what actually happened here? Now, for the rest of you, sons of Luther, and even you sons of the Second Vatican Council, and I'm not saying that to say that the Second Vatican Council was invalid, but I'm putting a benchmark. I'm putting a bookmark in that point in time. All of the children of the aftermath of the Second Vatican Council, all of you who decided that you were going to walk away from the faith and become spiritual and not religious, who decided that your life was more important than, than the sacrifice on the cross, do you understand? No, you don't. Of course you don't. Because if you did understand, you wouldn't have walked away. If you, didn't under, if you did understand, you wouldn't be talking about how you're spiritual and not religious. If you understood what you were walking away from, if you understood what that meant, if you understood what wanting it to have it easy just overrode all of your sense. Luther wanted to have it easy. Well, I mean, he wanted specific things easy. Calvin, Wesley, all of these people who splintered off, Joseph Smith, actually Joseph Smith wanted something other than easy. He wanted a church in his own image, and so he wrote a book with the help of a moron friend. And I'm sorry. But when the first, like, 30 verses of your big book of Mormon start with, and it came to pass, bruh, can you think of a phrase more, six, can you think of a phrase that's more likely to come out of a 16-year-old illiterate? Oh, you're telling me that, the, that a 16-year-old illiterate kid managed to write a whole book of Mormon? You know what? When you read the first page, Yes. Yes, I am telling you that a 16-year-old illiterate kid wrote the Book of Mormon. He was creative, to be sure. But you're not going to tell me that the, like, the first freaking three pages are, and it came to pass, that such and such and such and such, and it came to pass, that such and such and such and such, and it came to pass, that such and such and such. Like, no joke, I'm, I'm reading this thing, I'm going, okay. I don't want to make fun of this guy's faith. And at the time, I was a Protestant myself, so I wasn't going to go full bore. Are you going to tell me that a 16-year-old kid wrote all of this? Have you read the first page? Yes, I'm going to tell you that a 16-year-old kid wrote that. I'm going to tell you that he started off this, that, and the other, and I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that he did not spend his entire time looking at those rocks. Or if he did, the devil just happened to be walking by. It's like, wait a minute. Do I hear a huge active ego going on in that barn over there? Let me go take a look at what's going on. Oh, look at that. This kid's committing blasphemy. Musical blasphemy. Let me jump into his brain and see if we can help him along. 
Oi. No, I don't actually sing that badly. I just, you know, it seemed like the right way to sing the devil. Oi. People are not generally good, and your salvation is worth more than a sentence. Learning about what it takes to be saved is worth more than learning a couple of inspirational poster-type sentences from, a, from an old, dusty book that you don't want to read. That was probably mistranslated. And, it, and here's the thing. I used to think that there was a little bit of error here and there and that in general people were of goodwill. And then I heard the story and I learned the history about what Martin Luther was going through and what he wanted to do and what he successfully did. And then I learned the history about Jan Hus. And I learned the history about each of these people and it occurred to me that no, they, like the New York Times today, had an agenda. But the church had them in a hucklebuck. Because you can't just write stuff and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. So they rewrote the Bible. And despite the fact that the church came out and said, no, that is not accurate. Well, by then the cat was out of the bag. By then everybody's like, there's a new translation of the Bible. We can get away from Rome. <laughs> because of course you wouldn't want to have to learn more. And so you get led around like a bull with the nose in the ring, or with the ring in the nose. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to be led around by these people. Great idea. And I bet, I'm willing to bet, it was like, well, at least now I'm a bull and I'm no longer a <laughs> Today is the day that we ridicule people for thinking that human beings are basically good. We were perfect when we were created. And then... the fruit because it seemed like it would be a good idea if we could become like God you won't surely die and that was the end they were no longer good it was worthy of bearing children in pain, in great travail. It was worthy of the assessment that by the sweat of your brow you will toil in the earth. And we didn't stay there because after the fruit it was the first murder. 
and there would be much more beyond that. Lamech, I've killed a man for insulting me. At least. Okay. I'm not go I'm not putting my chips in on the side of Cain. But at least Cain's jealousy was over God. You go seven generations and it's Lamech talking about some dude insulted me so I have killed him. And then in a fit of presumption, if Cain be avenged sevenfold, Lamech will be avenged seventy-sevenfold. I'm sorry, do what? And remember, Lamech said that. God didn't say that. Lamech said that. So he's like, meh. And then it just carried on from there. Degeneracy after degeneracy after degeneracy until finally, uh, according to the Jewish Midrash, men began issuing certificates of marriage between men and men and women and women and human beings and animals, etc. And then the flood. And then the sin, and then let's see, I think it was the sin of Ham for having done to his father what he did. And then the Tower of Babel. That grand egotistical thing. And then Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you see a trend? I see otherwise good and faithful human beings managing to de- managing to descend in such magnificent dis- degeneracy. I don't see a basically good people. I see a people who need guidance, who got the Ten Commandments, and then got the Son of, and then got the Word made flesh to teach it. And the Word made flesh taught it, and it spread around the world, and that lasted for the better part of 2,000 years. But such is the spirit of our own corruption, that as soon as we can get out from under that yoke, which is by far lighter than the yoke of the degeneracy in our lives, as soon as we can get out from under that, we do. And then it falls, and it falls, and it falls, and it falls, and it falls. I mean, the church did a magnificent job. Practically speaking, it only took 500 years to degenerate to this level. But we did degenerate to this level. You think you're good? Dear brother, dear sister, 
Take it from someone who knows the darkness, you are not that far into the light. You are definitely not that far into the light. And I'm not saying that I am. I am only a couple of years removed from enjoying the darkness to the full. But because I did, and I do not now, I know how dark it can really get. And whether you're Protestant or spiritual and just not religious, doesn't matter. Because I walked those waters too and I know how dark they are. Ego sanguinarius homo indomitus. Som. I just said that wrong. <clears throat> Let's just stick with English. I am a bloody, murdering savage. I know exactly how dark that path gets. I know exactly where that goes. You want to be spiritual and not religious? Baby killers are spiritual and not religious. Oh, but I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a Baptist or a Southern Baptist or a Lutheran or a Presbyterian. Baby killers are among all of your ranks. To be sure, there are many among you that are not. But see, here's where the fun part gets. You may have infiltrated, like, your people may have infiltrated my church, but the standards and principles of my church still stand. You know why you need confession? So that when someone murders a baby, they have a reason to make rep. They have they have to make reparation. I mean, they don't have to make reparation. They can commit sacrilege and go to communion, having murdered a baby and never gone to confession. I wonder how many Catholics do that. Many. I wonder how many of the truly damned there are out there. The ones who either had an abortion or talked their or talked their woman into having an abortion while living out of wedlock and committing adultery. Because we in the church know that everybody who does that is damned. See, we actually have a physical point where you have to actually physically say the words that you repent. And if it takes and you do actually repent, guess what? Then you don't have to worry about coming back. I mean... If you're Catholic, then you're actually human, and if you're actually human, then you're going to be back. You just may not be back about the same thing again and again and again and again and again. And eventually, if the priest gets to know your voice, not your voice in particular, but the same voice that comes in and says the same things, is eventually, if he's a good priest, he's going to tell you, you maybe, you, you know, you maybe actually do something about that. may actually make 
maybe you actually make a physical change to your life. Make a direct physical change to your life so that this way you don't have to keep coming back for this. Because every time that you repent and you come back and you do it again, you're washing away the repentance that you just did. And it means nothing. Why do I have to convince? Why do I have to confess to a priest? Because at some point you're going to have to actually you're going to actually have to confess all of those sins. And say confess to your brother. We make it a little easier. Because if you confess to your brother, you confess to your wife, you're going to destroy your relationship. Then never like seriously. <clears throat> Who do you think he was talking to when he said, "Whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven." He certainly wasn't talking to Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim's not going to hear your confessions. Elder Bob is not the guy. Because if that worked, your churches wouldn't be falling apart too. Let's put this in perspective. You know when Protestantism was a big thing? The church was a big thing. Now that the church isn't all that big a thing anymore, you ever happen to notice that your Protestant churches are dying too? Because your Protestant churches were animated by animus towards the Catholic faith. You don't know... <laughs> Here's how I know the Catholic faith is true. And it's not necessarily the Orthodox. Because the world doesn't hate the Orthodox Church. They're just like, oh, wow, that's kind of weird. It's very sort of exotic. They hate the Catholic Church. They hate the Pope. Which is kind of fun, because a lot of, because a lot of the Orthobros hate the Pope, too. They hate the concept. They reject it out of hand. He whom the world hates is the blessed by God. Spiritual marker. Nobody hates the ecumenical patriarch. Nobody even knows who he is. They only like Francis because he's as evil as popes get. But they hated Benedict. They're kind of mixed bag about John Paul II. They hated Pius XII. They really hated Pius X. That's the clue. For my sede friends, you know how I know sedificantism isn't real. I mean, it's real. It's a thing that you guys are obviously doing. Is it a greater hardship for the see of Peter to be vacant or for the Pope to be as bad as Francis is? Which one of those is the harder trial? 
Which one of those requires greater penance and sacrifice and reparation? An empty chair where you don't have to worry about a bad king or doing penance for the bad king? And remember that if you're actually Catholic, then you don't choose the easy way out. Oh, the world hates Christians, to be sure. But they don't hate Christians the way they hate Rome. They don't hate the Orthodox the way they hate Rome. And that's how I know all of the rest of you are not on the path. I mean, you're on most of the path. I'm not gonna. I'm not about to say that the Orthobros are not on or are not on the path to heaven because they clearly do have saints. But I will tell you right now. I will tell you right now that all of the marks that our Lord said would be the marks of those who follow Him come from Rome. If the world hates you, remember they hated me before they hate you, and that a servant is not better than his master. It's that simple. You want proof? I don't even actually have to go much further than that. Because beyond that, we can get into all the other stuff, and we can argue about the legalisms here and there, and whatevs. But Sede, if the sea is vacant, why? The sea would be vacant only because the devil has managed to take out everyone who's supposed to be in the chair. And that can't be true. Because hell doesn't prevail against the kingdom. Hell doesn't, hell doesn't prevail against the church. And when they start chasing Orthodox monasteries out of, out of locations, <laughs> what was it? So a friend of mine said, send out, you know, the monasteries get to the point where they have enough, they have enough monks. And eventually the guy's got enough, there's a guy who's got enough experience and he goes out and he starts a monastery in an area and 100, 200 years later, they're Orthodox. And I know that the statistics of the Orthodox Church are faltering the same way the statistics of Holy Mother Church are falling and the same way that the statistics in all of Protestantism is falling. So clearly, that is not true. I will never accuse our separated brethren, the Orthodox, of the same laziness about their salvation. Except to accuse them with the same laziness about their salvation that Catholics have about theirs. But they certainly don't have the laziness about their salvation as the Protestants do.
And they don't have the laziness about their salvation the way the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, nuns do. The ones who are spiritual but not religious. The further away you get from the Christian faith, the worse things get. Truth is not subjective. Truth was a God-man who actually walked this earth. It does not get any more objective than that. The Word was made flesh. If you don't like the tone of this, if you happen to be a Protestant and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, hey, this, that, like, he's really, really mean, you're damn right. I have listened to your blasphemies for decades. God has had to put up with your blasphemies for centuries. All of you. You want proof that the hand of God is coming on this earth? Did you look and see what's going on in Russia and Ukraine? Can you see what's going on with the global economy? This is your fault. Because you would not, you would not take up the yoke. You wanted to do Christianity your way. You wanted to peel Christ off the cross so that he didn't have to be crucified and you can go on with your salvation. That is what you did. Not you personally. Your predecessors. And don't feel too bad. Because my predecessors let you. What should have happened was your blasphemy should have been wiped off the face of the earth. For the preservation of all mankind, we should have wiped your blasphemy off the earth. You think that's too far? If we would have exterminated your heresy and your apostasy, we wouldn't be where we are now. We thought it charity to try to admonish you in a much more comfortable way. And instead, you managed to let your predecessors, your ancestors, build a global empire while you whistled past the graveyard. You didn't even look in the direction. While you were... <clears throat> While your leaders were destroying Christendom, taking apart everything that took the church 1,500 years to build... While you dismantled it in the last century, and you think, oh, Lord. If you're a Lutheran, this is on you. If you are a Presbyterian, this is on you. You want to talk about white guilt? Let's talk about white guilt. Actually, nobody wants to talk about white guilt, so we're not going to talk about it like that. As soon as I said it, it was like, oh, mm, ugh. just saying it left a bad taste in my mouth. I can't even do that. Can't even do it as a joke. Can't even do it as a metaphor.
If you're a Protestant, this is the world you made. Not you in particular, not you yourself. This is the world you made. This is the world of Martin Luther and Jan Hus. This is the world of John Calvin. This is the world of the Wesleyans and the Methodists. This is the world of indifferentism. You wanted it and you got it. I mean, granted, you managed to poison our bishops to the point where even they wanted it. They would, well, Christ is the preferred method because they don't want to think about all of the tortures that people are going to go through in hell. Why? Because of their lack of a spine. Because their, because their inability to keep Christ on the cross and actually follow our Lord to his death. You made it easy for them and they eventually copped out. Now, huh, now look at us. This world that you have today, this isn't the goodness of the human being. This is what happens when you take Christ off the cross. This is what happens when you remove Christ from the sacrifice that he made and you refuse to follow him to the death. Putin, Ukraine, Russia... The World Economic Forum, Davos, Washington, D.C. This is what happens when you don't follow Christ. This is what happens when you don't follow Christ to the cross. Which is to say, not just to his cross, but to your cross. This is what happens when you don't do penance. This is what happens when you're impenitent. you individually and all of us as a whole. This is what happens. We end up with governments that have no idea whether they're coming or going. We end up with governments who think it's a good idea to just pay for biological weapons labs around the world. We have a government that can't cut itself off from Russian oil without destroying the American economy. Or their own economy, I should say. This is what happens. The blindness caused by sin, this is what happens. If we end up in a nuclear holocaust, which I gotta be honest with you, right now, as I look at it, is the better of the options. As far as I'm getting to like it, <laughs> I'm gonna be blunt. A nuclear holocaust is better. It's more merciful than what we have coming. Because what we have coming, you're not ready for. What we have coming, I'm not ready for. I see it clear as day, and I'm not ready for it. I would much rather pack my bags, throw a couple of years' supply worth of food into one of Elon Musk's starships, and blast my ass off out into space... And take my chances in the outer dark, in the actual, literal outer darkness.
than deal with what's coming here. For you Protestants out there who manage to still be listening after I've kind of, you know, beaten on you for more than an hour. If you want to know how to change it, you can start by going to your nearest Catholic church. Because even the bad ones, for the most part, are still going to point you in the right direction. You want to know what you're missing? I know Pope Francis says we, oh, we, proselytization shouldn't be our thing. Well, I mean, and you really should quit acting like an anti-pope. <clears throat> this, isn't, this isn't the Russian liberation theology church. This is Christ's church. Maybe you ought to get back in the business of teaching the faith that Christ taught us. If you managed to make it through that hour-long beating, yes, I would highly recommend maybe talk to a talk to somebody you know. Go talk to a priest. If he speaks with a lisp and he kind of has that sort of and he kind of has that very sort of happy way about him, then you may want to find another priest. <clears throat> They're out there. They do actually outnumber the lispy ones. It's just all the lispy ones are in power right now. Most of the priests are pretty good. And they'll get you pointed in the right direction. I don't have to tell that to the ortho bros. The ortho bros know where to find us. <clears throat> if they can get over their egos and actually come walking in. But then again, they would they would actually levy the same accusation to me. So, you know, what are you going to do? But like I said, nobody hates an orthodox ecumenical patriarch the way they do the Pope. And if they hate us, it's because they hated Christ before us. And the Pope is actually the most hated position in all of the world. Just saying. You know where to find us. Dear family, we have many, many reasons to be penitent. We have many, many reasons to fast and make reparation, and this is the time. Take advantage of it. It's first and foremost for our own salvation and the salvation of those who are with us, meaning our, who are our responsibilities. So fathers and mothers, it is for your salvation, the salvation of your spouse, and the salvation of your children. Beyond that, we have very limited reach. But if you can manage, by the grace of God, to help bring someone else to the faith, then you should. 
but in this Lenten season, I would really focus on that first. Our Protestant brethren are going to go with anything except Catholicism, and our spiritual but not religious brethren are, are going brethren, and our spiritual but not religious are going to go with anything but Christianity, and let alone anything of but Catholicism. So you've got double the hills to climb. So prayer, fasting, and penance. Pray your rosary. Mary, mirror of justice, pray for us. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.